Today I'm going to answer the question, what is an event? And I'm also going to answer the questions that everyone has when they attend events. How much food do I bring or how many people am I going to serve? Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. First thing I want to get straight is what an event is and what an event is not. An event is a publicly attended gathering of people where the attendees are entertained with games and rides and music and pets and crafts and maybe sporting events. And then other activities. Food trucks are not the star of the show. Event promoters and event organizers have food trucks and food trailers come to their properties to keep people on property, on site, and spending more money at the games and the rides and listening to music and buying crafts. They don't want people to leave because when the people leave, they take their money with them. So you want to keep them on the property as long as possible. That's why food trucks are there. Food trucks are an amenity to a big event. They are not the star of the show. I have people tell me, Bill, I got an event coming up this week. And I ask them, okay, tell me about the event. And it turns out that it's just a small gathering of people. It might be they're going to go to an office complex. That's not an event. That's lunch. Or they might be doing a graduation party. That's not an event. That's a graduation party. Or they'll say, I've got a car show. And I'll say, unless it's got several hundred cars, that's not an event either. Because an event draws people to it. A car show is going to bring a handful of of car fanatics, and that's awesome. But car shows are not long-term events. They're just little tiny gatherings. People can eat before the gathering. They can eat after the gathering. They're probably not going to be trying to chomp on a hot dog while they're walking around looking at, at older cars or fancy cars. So understand what an event is. That helps you to determine whether you should say yes or no to them. Now, this doesn't count what we refer to as a food truck rally or food truck Friday or food truck Wednesday, whatever your area calls it, because those are food truck events. The food trucks are now the star of the show. People are coming there to eat, so the crowds act differently than when they go to a general population event. And that's the key. Crowds act differently. And you got to understand what those differences are so you know how much food to bring, no matter what the opportunity is called. If it's an event, like a fair, or if it's a quote-unquote event, like a car show, you got to understand how the people are going to be reacting. And certainly if it's a food truck Friday, that's going to be a different kind of reaction. So remember, crowds at a food truck rally, they came there to eat. Whereas crowds that go to any other kind of entertainment event may not eat at all. And the only time they might eat is when the event goes on for a real long period of time. And they got to have lunch to get back to riding rides and petting pets and playing games. But if there's not enough activities to keep them there, then they will take their families and go out where it's cheaper to eat go to McDonald's or another fast food restaurant. So understand what's keeping the people there. And if it's going to keep them there long enough that they got to have lunch or dinner in between doing the activities of the particular 
entertainment event. Now, research is a must. Whenever you're given an opportunity to go set up somewhere, research is a must. If it's an event, a true event, again, publicly attended gathering of people to do something, does it have a verifiable attendance history? You can look at social media. You can look at newspapers. You can look at websites. You can look at past vendor posts on their social medias. You want to become a stalker of the event. So if somebody comes up to you and says, I've got this huge car show coming up next month and I would love to have you there. Your first question is, what kind of attendance did you have last year? What's your social media pages? I want to follow those. And then you go and look on them and see what happened last year. Look at the pictures they took and that they posted. If they're telling you 10,000 people showed up, does it look like 10,000 people in the picture? Because you know whatever picture they posted was the best of the pictures that they had. You want to ask them about their marketing budget. You want to ask them about vendor limits. You're going to ask them about what happens if there's duplicate food. You want to ask them about any kind of food restrictions. A lot of people don't even understand that some events have sponsors, like Pepsi, for instance, will sponsor an event. And then Pepsi is going to say, we don't want Coca-Cola products for sale during this event. And in a lot of cases, they'll tell you, you have to buy your Pepsi products from us. And you can only charge what we tell you to charge for them. Because they're leveling the playing field for all vendors if they're a sponsor. The same thing could happen if it's a meatpacking company that's sponsoring it. They may tell you you can only serve their products. So find out what the food restrictions are. Find out what the application fees are. Are they wanting a sales percentage or a revenue share? What are the vendor rules? What does the contract say when somebody breaks one of the rules? Big events worth attending will have a pre-written contract. will have vendor rules and regulations. They will have a schedule of when you can load in, when you can load out. They will have a schedule of what has to happen at certain parts throughout the day. They'll tell you when and where you got to clean up. They'll tell you how to get your food, how to dump your waste. Big events do that. They want to take all the pain and all the disorganization away. Little events, ones that have no track record, the ones that probably aren't worth attending in the first place, won't have those things. But those are the questions you need to ask. Now, no matter what size the event is, huge or tiny, if you choose to go to it, number one age-old question is, hey Bill, how many people should I feed? Or could I feed? And if you're a member of any of the Facebook groups out there, you've probably seen some very long, complicated math formula that's been backed by a long explanation, and the explanation seems to make sense. And then at the end, it's always ended with, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Like that makes it all official. And then usually what they talk about is take half the attendance and cut it in half because all promoters lie. And then they'll say 10 to 25% of people eat at an event. Okay, makes sense. But here's the thing. Because they've talked about relationships and numbers, and those numbers having a relationship to each other, They've added in steps to make it sound like they know what they're talking about, to make it sound really complicated. And only experienced people can figure this out. So if you take half of something, that's 50% of it, and then you talk about 25% or 10% of that remaining number, well, guess what? That means of the original number, you can plug this into a calculator. If you're going to take that original number, you can multiply it by 5%, and that'll give you the total. Without you having to cut it in half and then take 10%. You think 25% are going to be eaters? That's 12.5% of the grand total. That takes out all the other nonsense, all the other extraneous steps. So this person is saying, based on his experience, between 5% and 12.5% of the people that are said to attend an event are going to eat. 
You don't have to worry about how many people are going to show up. What you have to worry about is how many people can you feed. Second question, and it relates to what I just said. How much food should I bring? So here's three things to consider. And all three of these are written in stone. The first one is your service capacity. That's how many orders can you take an hour or how many orders can you take throughout the entire event time frame. There's only so many orders you can take an hour. There is nothing you can do to make it go faster unless you open up a second window or a third window and then create multiple lines. But there's a problem on the other side of that coin, and we'll talk about it in a second. So the service capacity. If you can take one order every minute, that means you can wait on 60 people an hour. Now, when I say 60 people an hour, I mean 60 human beings. I don't mean 60 tickets. So if you have a family of four that steps up, then you got four minutes to take that order, get the order out of the kids, and get that particular ticket underway. Your service capacity is how many human beings can you wait on per hour. The next thing is written in stone is cooking capacity. And it's written in stone because you can increase that. You can open a second window if you got enough POS and enough change and everything to fund a second cash drawer and you have a way to process those credit cards. You can open a second window. However, you cannot increase your cooking capacity. If you had a way to increase it, you would already have a bigger truck. Your grill can only cook so many burgers an hour. It can cook only so many portions per hour. No matter how many people come to the event and no matter how long your lines are, you can only cook so much food an hour. You got two fryers and 50-pound fryers. That means you can at most cook 150 pounds worth of food in an hour. And that's any variety of food. Chicken wings, fries, onion rings, whatever it is you're cooking. You can only do about 150 pounds with two fryers that are 50-pound fryers. And you can only do that per hour. There's nothing you can do to change that. So it is pointless to bring more food than you could reasonably cook per hour that you're open. So you're going to fall somewhere in between there since you're, you'll not max out your cooking capacity. Now, a lot of people claim they max it out, but then when we sit and do the math, it's like, oh, well, no, we really weren't maxing it out. We were busy and we were maxing out our abilities as human beings, but we weren't maxing out the equipment. Just for an example, a 36-inch grill cooking a normal-sized hamburger patty. We're talking one that would go on a four-and-a-half-inch bun. You can cook about 530 of those in an hour. That's 530 hamburgers you can put out in an hour. The cooking capacity is never going to be your slow point. The slow point is the human beings that are cooking on those pieces of equipment. So you have two things written in stone. You have the service capacity. You cannot go any faster than that unless you're adding on equipment and human beings. You have a cooking capacity you cannot exceed because the equipment is what you have. Then the other thing that's written in stone is the profitability. What makes you happy? How much money would it take for you to generate at this event for you to be happy and you to be profitable? You got to figure out your own numbers because everybody's going to have different expenses. Now, what does that look like in human beings? And then whatever that number is in human beings, can you handle that? It's not one of those where you say, I'm going to be happy when I sell everything I can bring. Well, if you bring $1,000 worth of food, that's only 4000 in sales. Is that going to make you happy? Is that going to create enough profit? $1,000 worth of food is a whole bunch of food. But is it going to make you happy? The profitability on that. So you have to answer those questions. What is my service capacity? How many people can I reasonably handle? What is my cooking capacity? What? Because that creates the max number of people you could possibly serve. And then the profitability. What is going to make you happy? That becomes your goal at that event. How am I going to generate these sales? How am I going to get this number of people to come up to my food truck? Because it doesn't matter if there's a thousand people and you got two food trucks. That means you get 500 each. It doesn't work that way. Some of those people ain't going to eat. Some of those people ain't going to eat from you. So the question is, how can I get more people coming to my business than the other dude does? If you got 30 trucks, how do I get more people coming to my truck than the other 29 trucks? What are you going to do to make your business stand out and be different? 
So success in an event comes down to being prepared, having the right staff. And when I say the right staff, it's the best people in their best position with one extra. Because if you're at an all-day event, those people need bathroom breaks. They need to eat. They need to get off the truck for a minute. They need a break from the work. And you'll probably need somebody to run around and do errands anyway. So whatever your normal staff is, plus one. The right size menu. If you're a burger truck going to a big event, it is pointless for you to try to sell your full line of hamburgers. Cut it down to, to three, four at the most, and then sell a bunch of those three or four different things. Have the right inventory level. You got to balance out the food. If you're only doing burgers, make sure you have enough burgers. You have enough buns. You have enough cheese to match the amount of meat that you're bringing. And that amount of meat should represent the number of guests that you want to wait on that'll create the profitability that makes you happy in the first place. So the question becomes, how am I going to get people to come to eat to hit that number that's going to make me happy? When you ask how much should I bring, that is a passive question. I'm just going to stand here and wait till people come up to the trailer. I'll just bring enough food. Take enough food and get your butt off the truck and sell it. You want to have a, a super weekend? Set yourself a big goal and get out there and make it happen. Don't wait for people to come to the truck. Get out there and make it happen. And then, key thing here, have a backup plan. What if it rains? What if somebody's sick on your staff? What if you run out of inventory? You're actually busier than you prepared for. How am I going to get more food? Because if there's more people to the event you haven't fed, you do not want to run out of food. That means you've left money on the table. How am I going to market if it's slow? I'm not as busy as I thought it would be. How am I going to get people into this event? How am I going to get people coming to eat from my food truck? Because we don't care how many other food trucks are there. All we worry about is how do we get people to come to eat at our truck? We don't say, well, they have five burger trucks and that's why I was dead. People were eating for somebody. Now let's talk about the one thing that little events, and when I mean little events, what people call events, sometimes will have attached to them. So you're given an opportunity to go set up at an office building. People call that an event. That's not an event. That's lunch. But sometimes you'll be asked, what's your minimum? Because I want to have a food truck come and all the other food trucks charge a minimum. So here's the thing about minimums. A minimum is a disincentive for you to market your own business. You tell the office manager, yep, I need $1,000. That's what it takes for me to bring my truck out in front of your office building. And the office manager goes, not a problem. Okay. You just said what your minimum was and you're happy with it. Why do you need to market? A disincentive is created anytime you have a minimum or a guarantee for you to care about your own quality, your own service, and your own loyal guest base. Because you got a minimum. It's guaranteed. You don't have to care. Because if you're slow, guess what? The office is paying you money. It's also an incentive for you to lie. $1,000 minimum and you do 2000 you can say, well, I only did 800 so you can get an extra 200 for nothing. And don't say, well, I've got a POS system because people cheat POS systems all the time. You got people that don't pay all their income tax. You got people that don't pay all the state sales tax. Food vendors know how to cheat. So asking for a minimum or a guarantee is a way for you to cheat your own business. And you know what else a minimum is when you ask for one? It's an admission that your business has no following. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.